Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 146. And today we're talking our favorite tools for running a web design business. I'm going to let our esteemed panel introduce themselves, and we're going to start with our guest. Lee, who are you? What do you do? Hey, hi, I'm Lee. I'm a web developer who works with design agencies, and I run the WP Innovator podcast. Hi. Definitely recommend that one as well. Uh, Jackie, who are you? What do you do? I'm a web designer and developer in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I also run the Rethink.fm podcast. Also recommend that podcast. It's excellent. Jonathan, who are you? What do you do? I'm just a grumpy old English person. <laughs> okay, no, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a maintenance um, security, and we do some work for agencies as well because we're a trusted source. We don't mess you around. That's what we do, John. Nice. And uh, Awesome. And Sally, who are you, and what do you do? My name is Sally Getch. Uh, I have a WordPress consulting business called WP Fangirl, and I'm the uh, not always very organized organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California. Excellent. And I am John Locke. My business is Lockdown Design, and I help blue-collar businesses with their WordPress sites, specifically with their local SEO and WooCommerce integrations. Before we get into today's main topic, Lee has been so gracious as to give us a news story. It's been kind of a slow news week, but he found something that was over on snifflevalve.com. And the title of this article is Elementor Pro, Things Have Changed. Lee, give us a rundown on this article. You broke up for a second there. What What was your last sentence? Oh, I'm Oh, I'm saying. Oh, I was I was going to say the article is Elementor Pro. Things have changed. Uh, Lee, would you mind giving us a, a rundown on this article and and what is sure. it, what is it saying? Okay, cool. So Elementor is a it's kind of a baby in the ever growing page builder uh, industry for WordPress. Uh, you you may know I'm a big fan of Beaver Builder. That's uh, quite recent last year, but uh, Elementor came out about six or seven months ago. Um, they've gone completely open source for quite a while and then they've launched their pro product which includes things like support etc so what's happened is somebody in the community has then got a little bit annoyed i think probably i don't know whether it's pricing or what's kind of pushed them but they've now put an article instead of going directly to elementor with this they've published an article complaining that elementor don't have an about page on their website um, or any address information which means they're not being transparent However, if you do go to their website, you can go to their agency and you can find their registered company address and all sorts of stuff like that if you just do a little digging. So I guess the whole point of his article is probably something along the point along the lines of, um, you know, how can you trust the people you're buying from online, you know, etc. Um, so uh, my personal view is, is I thought the guy should have gone straight to them and just said, hey, you guys need an about page because people buy from people. So I'm not a fan of this article, but I mean, what do you guys think? Jackie, do you have any thoughts on this? I I agree with Lee. I I think you should have, you know, the, the author of the article definitely should have just let the give the company a heads up and say, hey, it'd be great if you had an about page. I I do agree that 
an about page really is necessary mm-hmm. and a privacy page is necessary if you're selling anything online and you're expecting people to transact business with you. I just think it's it's better to err on the side of being transparent than to make people have to dig for information, especially if you're asking them for money. If you're just doing a blog or a website and it doesn't matter, well, then that's your business. If you don't want to put who you are, or where it's from, that's perfectly fine. But mm. I think if you're asking people for money and for making a commitment, especially like on a subscription basis or any of those types of yep. transactions, I think it's really important to have an about page. And it doesn't take much to do that. I think I agree. It would have been nicer to have just requested that and gotten some feedback. And then maybe if they said, no, we're not doing it. Well, then you're perfectly happy to write an article about you know the fact mm. that they didn't want to do it. Yeah. I think what's upsetting as well is uh, for for, uh, for the guys who who are behind this is they've done an awful lot of work. It's all uh, most of it is open source, and they've been very actively con- uh, contributing. So it's kind of a, like a kick in the in the balls, uh, you know, at this point yeah. uh, to say you know for something quite petty, it, it seems quite mean, really. And the guys obviously need to put dinner on the table. So launching a pro version is a great idea. They've gone through PayPal as well. And this guy's being mean, saying, oh, I'm not going to give them my credit card details. I don't know who they are. But you don't get the credit card details through PayPal. Um, PayPal is a very reputable company. They have the credit card details. So it seems quite a mean attack on them. So I just wanted it to flag is, it up. And their, yeah. their best bet, if, if I was advising Elementor Pro, would it be I would just go ahead and put an about page up and, you know, just move on forward and, and just yeah. let it roll off. Mm. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll drink uh, to that. If I was on wine now, Lee, I'd be passing out. Um, can I say something? Yeah. yeah. Do. Uh, Jump I, in. Um, I, I agree with both. Um, I, I see where Lee's coming. Well, I I think it would have been, they would have been advised to have put a, about us page up, Lee. And I mm-hmm. think so, some of the points in the article are right. But I agree with you. The spirit of the things said it's not exactly what was said it was the way it was said and the spirit behind it it's not very generous and Mm. it's it is the tone of the way it's explained is done in a way to cause upset that that's why it was written that way um, for link bait so the purpose the underlying purpose of the points have been lost because it's not done in a generous um, open way it's done in a petty unpleasant way but the, some of the key points that are expressed, I do agree with it, but I don't yeah. agree with the tone and the basic reason why it was done. Yeah. That's valid. Me. Some valid points, but yeah, definitely a, a mean attack on, yeah. on people who've done so much work, in, you know, to, to make something so cool. That's a big surprise <laughs> in the WordPress community. I know. The <laughs> oh, I know. So many nasty people out there, isn't oh, there? Really it's, great. Well, I, it's so unfair. I, I had to wonder briefly, you know, who this uh, person at Sniffle Valve was and, and whether they had a competing product. Um, <laughs> I love the name, though, Sniffle Valve. I yes, I'd not great. heard of them before, and I, and I wonder, yeah. you know, how much it was an attempt at just getting some yeah. attention. Because we would never do that, would we, folks? No, no, nobody, nobody ever does anything like that. No, yeah, people have never bought AdWords against their competitors' business names. Nope, never, Uh, never, never do that. Never, never, never. Uh, 
<laughs> but I do like the name Sniffle Valve, and it's kind of met, met the. Film. It's almost English, isn't it? The guy's Canadian behind it, so. Uh, well, there we are. Hey, there there we go. are. Hey, That's all hey. we need to know, isn't it? Another Bl- enough blame enough Canada. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you can go to GitHub and see who's contributing to the code, and and you know the the, hmm. the guy who writes the blog post has his name on everything, and it's you know it's it's not like they're completely anonymous. Yeah. But uh, how uh, many? But what? The seriously, um, folks, how many? But it's still it's still interesting because um, we've discussed it on the show, and I'm sure Lee has as well. The amount of page builders there are, but they they. But I give I give the due. Apart from, I would only recommend Beaver Builder to anybody. I, I re, you know, I've tried some of the others, and they're either very theme based, or Beaver you know, or <laughs> Divi. <laughs> I love you, Divi. You keep me in my mortgage. That's because he's cleaning up the messes people have made with it. Uh, well, I don't. My team does. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. I'm too old. Uh, um, but, uh, um, but no, bless their hearts, they keep us busy. I love you, David. I want to, yeah, I'll ask uh, Sally, like, her thoughts on this really quick, though. But, like, what I'm observing, like, in this article is it seems like he d- he did know, like, who was behind this. He knew it was Ben Pines. He states very clearly here that Ben Pines reached out to him uh, via email when Elementor was first introduced and asked him to review it. And it seems like maybe part of this article is because he advised uh, Ben Pines to put an about page there with photos and everything like that. And they launched without one. And maybe part of this is animosity because he didn't follow his advice. What what, what are your thoughts on this, Sally? Well, you know, it does seem a bit disingenuous that, you know, it's sort of like, okay, so the person who was behind this before is, is not the person who was behind this now um i i mean you know it's like okay so they didn't follow your advice and they were probably wrong to not follow your advice but you know is anything actually gained uh, by writing this uh, post about it i I just haven't i'm running two businesses and i'm doing other stuff i just haven't got the freaking time to follow all this crap I really, I really haven't got the freaking time or the bandwidth. So many people in the WordPress community just get their knickers in a twist, and they just want to have a really good sniffy argument about freaking. I, I think you know you should have a about us page, guys. If you don't, good luck to you. You know, it's your, it's your product, it's your thing. Um, but I thought the actual tone was a bit iffy. It wasn't very generous. You know, just say you know, I just. You know, there we go. The WordPress community could probably do sometimes with a great big kind of group hug. That would be really nice. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I, I think it's it's by no means unique to, to WordPress. We've had, we've you see a lot of discussion. Totally. And, you know, I've been, I've yeah. been listening to um, a lot of discussions about the, you know, the situation with, you know, fake news uh, that was particularly about mm. the, the election. You know, these whole fake news websites with these, these completely fictional stories. And part of the reason that stuff spread was because there's been this pressure on legitimate news outlets for like clickbait titles. And so, you know, by now it's almost impossible for something to be recognized as a parody if it's meant as a parody or identified mm. as fraudulent if it is fraudulent. Um, yeah. But, so but I, actually, I think, just to finish off, is any of you, have you, Lee, have you actually used 
used their product. Has anybody used this? Yeah, anybody... I've been experimenting with it myself because I it... use Beaver Builder for everything. I actually build modules for Beaver Builder for clients. All right. Uh, because uh, it really does help um, essentially keep people on brand. Because if you try, if someone tries to use the WordPress editor, no offense, but tiny MCA is not great. Oh, oh God, don't even, you won't <laughs> offend any of us saying that. We've had that conversation. There you go. So that's why I use that. But I've definitely been using Elementor as well because I, I want to check out what's going on. I read a podcast, so I want to make sure I am yeah, kind of up to what's going on. We don't. So, yeah, John I've does. I, I, I live in a hole, actually, Lee. I, I never you, come you, out. I never come out of this room, actually. I'm a bit uh, worried for you. But um, is it any good then? Is it any good? It's then? actually quite impressive. Yeah, it's quite fast loading. Um, but it, but both Beaver Builder and um, uh, Elementor do have a few W3C and AA issues, which kind of bug me. And I had a bit of an argument with Ben Pines on our podcast, episode 44, um, where he was like, oh, yeah, you don't need to worry about W3C. So uh, if you want to listen to a, an interesting conversation, uh, there you go. Plug for episode 44. There we go. All right. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never plug my show on another podcast. There we oh, go. Wait, wait, wait. I, I do it all the time. <laughs> you don't need to worry about W3C or AA? Is that... No, he, he was saying it's it's of, uh, the most important thing is things like fast loading, etc. He was arguing with me about SEO, and he was saying that actually fast loading pages trump um, a few minor um, W3C errors. So he wasn't saying like load have a page with 53 errors. That would be terrible. But he's saying if there's two or three errors, don't worry too much about that because it's actually speed over over a couple of errors, which kind of makes sense to me. But for most of my clients, they want to know that their um, visually impaired users can read the website. So if so, I don't know if I'm right, but I feel like if I've got a W3C error on a client website and I actually have some on my own website I need to solve, so go ahead and tell me. Yeah, I was going to point that out to you, actually. <laughs> right, well, I was I, tempted I, to, I, but I, in generosity, I thought I would do it, actually. conversation <laughs> that uh, Jackie had recently with Rian Riedfeld about, We can know, never do it for ourselves. Yes, we do it for everyone else, don't we? <laughs> how well-formed HTML is one of the, the keys for accessibility. And it, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I had Rian on my podcast, and we talked quite a bit about about that. And it's you know, it. I think it's an important issue, and I think it, you should address it if you can. We all probably have errors on our websites. I have no doubt. I hang my head in shame. I know I've got yeah. at least three. Yeah, yeah. I haven't dealt with. Yeah, you got more than that, Lee. All right. <laughs> They're advisories. Right. <laughs> um, John, I think we need to uh, move this yeah, on we to, need the, to the main subject of the show. Sure. <laughs> let's go into our main topic. Um, let's go ahead and just take our break really quick, and then we'll go into our main topic, which is going to be talking our favorite tools for running a web design business. Back after the break. Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area? I know the best CRS real estate broker, and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call her directly at 775-527-7021. We're coming back from our break, and we're with our esteemed WordPress panel of experts. We've got Lee Jackson, the WP Innovator, Jackie uh, D'Elia, Sally Getch, and Jonathan Denwood, and myself. We're talking our favorite uh, tools for running a uh, web design business. Uh, so let's break this off into categories. I want to ask, go around the room and just ask everybody, uh, you know, what do you use for uh, accounting and invoicing? Like what tools have you used in the past? What are you using now? What do you like about each thing? We'll start with Lee. 
for my accounting stuff, um, I used to use Free Agent. Uh, so, and I would recommend Free Agent. So that's uh, I don't know if it's global, but I definitely used it in the UK. But my account made made me move to ClearBooks, and I utterly hate it. But um, I have to use it because my accountant uses ClearBooks and supports it. However, he did send me an email literally today to tell me the great news that they're looking at. Well, they're essentially moving everybody our next financial year to QuickBooks, which I have used with other clients. And that's really cool. Um, So at the moment, I'm stuck for accounts, at least using a system I utterly hate. Um, So I'm probably not the best person to ask about that. I, I kind of tear up a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> oh free agent i've just never heard of it but i've seen it. free agent is brilliant and my accountant made me move from that so that i could go onto this clear books because he knows it well and it's like they've kind of improved the interface I, a little I, bit i take it it's... getting another accountant wasn't an option no i've committed to two years it's like your cell phone plan then <laughs> exactly to get it because it accounted well i don't know what it's like in the usa but it's a pretty expensive process if you want to get a good accountant to look after you and make sure you cover you know all the the legal ramifications etc so i'm paying like a monthly fee for this and it's a two-year contract so i tell uh, you folks but- the reason why uh, our american listeners want to understand this the reason why lee is looking for a great accountant because the british inland revenue make the um the american internal revenue service look actually friendly <laughs> Well, Inland Revenue was nice to me, but, but uh, you know, the thing is, when I lived in England, uh, you know, I had some housemates who were accountants and they described, the, you know, the, the U.S. tax system as scarier than the movie Seven. Uh, and, uh, that was it, a scary movie. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's for, for, for most, you know, for ordinary people in, in the UK, taxes are pretty simple. For for businesses, I never tried doing taxes. There is a business. So yeah. I, I, I never, imagine I never it's received a letter from the Inland Revenue that wasn't threatening in some shape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got pl- I've had those and I've also had like the odd call like hey I'm outside I'm like what <laughs> they, like, they'll have a guy from oh, we the just thought we'd drop by and we see I'm outside I want to talk to you about your tax I'm like mate I already paid it you Ooh. need to check your- oh I'm outside I want to come and see you I'm like oh, yeah. okay. we want two biscuits there <laughs> I'm not Lee, sorry. I meant I'm the receptionist. Lee's out today. (laughs) No, they're a bit like that, folks. They actually visit you, which the Americans probably never do. Uh, um, So, so, um, well, can I... So, that was... um, I've just found what Lee suggested, but... um, for the actual invoicing, I, I was using Harvest, but now I'm actually using Zoho um, invoicing, and um, it's been okay, actually. I've been quite impressed with it. Yeah, I would, I re- I would recommend... Um, I thought I would never recommend a Zoho product, but I actually, I actually I found it okay. It works with Stripe, and um, customers are happy. The Zoho invoice. Very Do you good. mean the Zoho invoice one? Because that's I, I, for another business I have. I use Zoho invoice for that, uh, and that's dead easy. I love that. You can create the estimate and then convert it to an invoice. Job done. Is that the one you mean? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I agree there. I was using Harvest, which is also pretty good. Yeah, I I, I also like Harvest as well. I'd I'd still recommend them. Um, I'm using QuickBooks Online. Mm. Uh, right now and have been using it for a while so it 
it works fine for me. I like uh, the ability to um, only do ACH on projects instead of uh, credit cards, which is which is nice. I usually I don't take credit cards on website projects. Um, I've used QuickBooks before when I ran my e-commerce business, so that's why I'm familiar with that. And mm. uh, so I basically just use it for invoicing clients, and they pay online. It's very easy. It does my balance sheet and my P and L, and I'm happy with that. So seems like it works okay for me. It's encouraging because they're recommending QuickBooks to me now, so that's good to hear. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Sally, Sally, what do you, what do you use for invoicing and uh, you know the, accounting? I've been using Quicken for like since the dawn of time, since long before I had a business to keep track of all my personal expenses. So I I moved into using Quicken Home and Business, and I'm still using it. Uh, I don't like QuickBooks. Uh, I I have this feeling that you know I may end up there eventually sometime, but it's like well I can produce invoices and reports and so on with what I'm using. And I don't have to like switch between one program for my personal expenses and another program for, for my business expenses. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it works fine. I mean, you know, I'm used to it. And I think that's partly, you know, with any system, once you're used to how it works, it's easier for you than, than something else. I've, that's I've good. had, uh, uh, I've done subcontract work for people who are using FreshBooks, and it's sort of like, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with it. It's not too hard to figure out. You can track your time and and categorize stuff and so on. But it's just like, yeah, but I don't feel a compelling reason to like pay them money so that I can you know use this with all my clients. I don't see an advantage to doing that. Hmm. Actually, I also used Wave. I don't know if anybody's used that, and that was a free one oh. um, that waveapps.com i think it's called uh, which was really nice the only thing about it was on the invoicing i you know you have to take a credit card and i didn't really want to do that on i'm just not comfortable on large website projects using credit cards so well yeah yeah, that's just how i roll is the project because you know i have a i have a subcontractor who invoices me by fresh books um but the amounts are larger than the limits on my debit cards so, you know, he had to set it up so that I could do like a, you know, PayPal e-check transfer that yeah. basically comes out of my bank because I have a small bank and it wasn't one of the options where you could use the, you know, pay from your bank uh, through uh, through FreshBooks. I think Sally brings up a good point, though. You, you know, you said you really like Quicken, which is great, and that works really well for you. And I, I guess the other question isn't just like, what do we use, but also what do you want to use uh, the accounting software for, et cetera. So freelancers, et cetera, would probably get on really well with free agent or FreshBooks, et cetera. For me, where I'm an agency, I've got multiple employees as well. I have to look for something that does all sorts of government stuff and also payroll stuff as well. So I'm stuck with having to try and find something that does an awful lot of other stuff as well. So it just depends um you know what you're using this the product is totally for as well. why i don't have employees i, I would much <laughs> rather hire subcontractors and send them a 1094 but, and not right. deal with all the benefits i have a combination of both i'm afraid so all, i have to make the extra sure. overhead that's why i was um, drinking wine folks Yep. I usually have some sort of alcoholic drink on these things. Yeah. Um, so, um, John, John, what do you use? Yeah, you I use FreshBooks for right now because uh, whenever I've had to pull in people, I just use them as subcontractors. I don't have any uh, W2 employees at this point. It's just me. So FreshBooks so far has been okay. 
Um, I could see a point, you know, in the future where, you know, that might not be the best solution, but for yeah, up well, to I this think, point, I that's think what it, I'm using. Well, it starts at twenty nine a month, doesn't it? Fresh books. I think with Harvest, you can it's twelve dollars and Zoho. The Zoho start with a free one. I got the paid, the lower paid version. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're looking at I think we didn't clarify, you know, you've got the accountancy side and then you've got the invoicing. With the invoicing, I think the three main players that I've used is FreshBooks, Harvest, and Zoho. And I think there was a WordPress. Um, there is. There a, is, at least one. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Plug in for WordPress. This, it's called something original like WP Invoicing. Yeah. Um, but um, I think there is a WordPress solution, and it's not bad, actually. Um, I, I actually set it up for a client, and it did work. There was some um, um, plug-in um, conflicts, <laughs> um, but we did sort that out for them. So I think we can... Yes, WP Invoice. Yes, it. Yeah. And there's also uh, Sprout Invoice. That was it. That was mm. the one. That was, it was Sprout. It was Sprout that we went for for the client. And um, it's quite quite good when we... <laughs> um, but there we go. Shall we move on, John? I think we even saw... Yeah, it. let's move on. Does anybody here uh, use something to write their... Um, like your proposals, like a bid sketch or anything like that? Does anybody use like some sort of template, any sort of tools for, you know, churning those out? And if so, what do you use? Lee, I anything like that? Oh, Sally, go for it. You were going to say oh, something. Right. Yeah, I mean, I have a template for proposals that I made myself based on something from, uh, uh, who are those uh, WP Elevation people? Uh, uh, you know, that that includes, it's sort of a combination of a proposal and a, and a contract and includes a very detailed uh, scope of work and then an explanation of, of uh, you know, it's, it sort of starts out with, you know, here's the, here's what the, the client needs, here's the kind of business analysis, the summary sort of thing, and then moves into, you know, more of the specifics of what are we going to do here and, and you know, what are we charging for it and the, and the timeline and, you know, the very clear statement that anything not included in the scope of work is going to be charged hourly at and, you know, that we recommend that you do, you know, maintenance follow-up services. Here are a couple of people, including WP Tonic, uh, that you might want to contact about maintaining your site after it's built. Um, and, uh, you know, here are your responsibilities as, as the client that, you know, we're not going to be able to stick to this timeline unless you do this stuff. Uh, so it's, you know, it ends up being a, 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 a pretty hefty chunk. Uh, but for any larger uh, project, it's it's good to go through that. And I usually, you know, usually there, there's a discovery process, you know, before I produce a proposal in, in that kind of a, in that kind of a detail. And I keep sort of refining it as it's like, oh. Yeah, I should put something in there about this, and you know, so that it's all there in writing. And if they don't read it, it's their problem. Amen. I'd agree with the WP elevation. That's actually based on there's a on GitHub. If you go and Google, well, I'll send you the link. It's the Contract Killer. Um, so they've mm -hmm. actually based that original contract on the Contract Killer for web designers on GitHub, which is a really cool contract. And it kind of covers all the basics that you would imagine. Like we're not going to support ancient browsers, etc. If you change your mind about what you want, there's going to be some fees, etc. WP elevation then kind of evolved that a little bit further. So that's the version that I use. But then what I also do is I uh, use a full terms and conditions from Simply Docs, which is a UK website, 
um, where I've been able to produce a full business terms and conditions that kind of also goes into even more detail about things like invoice late payments and UK law charges and all that sort of stuff, which kind of goes then to back up the kind of the contract. So there's the development contract, which is essentially the contract killer. And then there's my kind of business terms as well, which cover anything else that might happen. Them not paying us, um, how they can sue me if they really want to sue me, etc. And I have to distribute that with all of my projects because my insurance, which includes your liability insurances, etc., requires me to ensure that I've sent some form of you know legal contract which covers all of those sorts of things to my potential clients. So that if I'm ever sued for anything, then I'm covered um, by my insurance company. If I forgot to do that, then that's a whole different story. Oh my, my insurance company isn't nearly that strict. You might want to double check because <laughs> there, there is a line in there somewhere in mine and they'd hidden it in there and I gave them a call and I was like, do I have to send every time with a, with a quote? Uh, and they were like, yeah, you have to send it with every quote. Um, and I'm like, do they have to sign it? And they said, no, as long as they reply to the email saying, yeah, go for it, or they pay the invoice, which I have referenced the quote number on, then I'm okay. Because that is them deeming the acceptance of that. I can prove it was sent to them in an email. I can prove they've paid the invoice, which is the quote number related to it. So therefore, that's deemed as acceptance of the quote. But um, otherwise, if no contracts are sent with each quote, then in theory, the insurance companies could get a bit stupid with you. Like, yeah. you know, the, the do you breathe air clause? You know, if you breathe air, you may not be insured. Do you, do you, Lee, do you breathe air? Are you sure, Lee, you're breathing air? Uh, um, not, not right now. No, right, there you go. Um, I, know, um, I know it's a difficult one, but a lot, a lot of people have a combined contract and proposal and they try and keep it as short. Um, I don't, uh, actually. Um, I have a proposal uh, which then sections are taken into the actual contract and it was written by a lawyer and it's awful, but it's got to be that way because um, uh, I'm based in Nevada and it has to... It, um, that's the way you got to do it. And Lee, um, I think Lee's correct, actually, Sandy. Um, I think most insurance companies, they don't have to actually, you've got to show a physical trial and you, they have to be given a document that shows the actual contractual elements, like what Lee stated. And a lot of insurance companies will then, um, if you don't do that, will find some way of not, when it comes to actually paying out, they won't. Have to check that. <laughs> right, there we go. I mean, just gay, which is what I found. And you might be good, but might might be worth a double check. It can't hurt to check. Yes. Exactly. Yes. What about you, John? Uh, let's get to Jackie first. Oh, we haven't heard from Jackie. Yes, let's hear Jackie. I'm using an adaptation from Contract Killer, and um, I have my own proposal template that I use. So both of those suit me very well for my... Uh, for how I how I do business with clients, I haven't had any problems. I I took out some of the I would say goofy wording in the contract killer that some of it just seemed <laughs> right. too playful for me for the types of clients <laughs> right. that I work with. So I just adapted it for mine. But basically, I didn't change any of the the actual meat of it. It's just more the dressing. So. Yeah, you must never. One tip, folks. Um, when I had my lawyer actually draw up a contract, you must never send that um, as a proposal. You know, you must set, always send them a, a, a proposal first, which then you move in because they never sign it. it you know, it's one way to remove any chance of anybody ever signing signing up with you is to, 
Yeah, exactly. Yes, it, 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 yeah, the problem is that, it, you know, uh, the law is set up to be adversarial and you don't actually want to establish an adversarial relationship with your clients. And, and so it's quite tricky uh, dealing with these contracts and things in a way that's that you're going to protect yourself without alienating people before you even start working for them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So for, you know, and, and what I usually do, my process usually involves a paid discovery at first. And, you know, after that, they're going to get uh, both the scope of work, uh, a, kind of a blueprint of like how the project's going to go, and then a formal proposal. And that proposal, my proposal, a long time ago when I first started, I, I did use a version of the contract killer as well from Andy, mm-hmm. and, Andy Clark. Um but over time, it's kind of evolved. I've, I've, um, it has kind of evolved to a point where I've taken different bits, part of it from the the WP elevation, part of it from uh, Troy Dean's like 10K blueprint. Um, I've incorporated parts from um, you know Brennan Dunn and Jonathan Stark's like project outlines, and and it's uh, it's kind of basically uh, like my own uh, layout. At the end, there is all the disclaimers. And stuff, uh, terms and conditions that are going to be required by your insurance to make sure that that my uh, business is protected. But basically, it's it's you know it's just been a constantly evolving thing. I've kind of got like a template now uh, that seems to be working. It just kind of like lays out the problem, what we're going to do, um, and then at the end, all the terms and stuff like that. They have to sign off on it. Yeah. So they have to read it, yeah. The other thing I would say, and I don't know if Lee agrees yeah. uh, with this, I know it's extra costs. I would strongly advise any freelancer not to trade as a sole trader. To mm-hmm. I would strongly advise right. them to be a limited yeah. liability company in the UK or or in California or in Nevada, which yeah. I know. Um, a lot of people would disagree with me there. But nope. um, I would strongly advise you to try this limited liability I'd company. Ag- I'd agree there for definite because obviously, you know, I want to protect my house and my family and I'd rather the business get sued. So that's the limited liability. That's the entity that gets sued. Although if you actually do something illegal, then you're still probably going to be in trouble. Um, but the other thing about the contract and the terms and conditions, Sally brought up the prospect of alienating people. So I worry about that often. So I like to frame it to them and say, look, this is my terms and conditions to you. This is pr- to protect you, the client and obviously to to protect me but this is backed therefore by this insurance so i do this and these terms and conditions are here as a framework for if you do ever in the very very unlikely event need to you know come back at me you know legally for any reason then you know that i'm good for this because the insurance company is going to back me for a million pounds up to a million pounds um for you to sue me (laughs) essentially you know so you know i never have to really have that i've had to have that conversation like once i think but you know that's how i framed it i pointed out that the reason these terms and conditions are there is so that my insurance company will therefore fork out to them if i really do screw up so it gives them that kind of feeling of security credibility and all of that other good all those good happy feelings that people might want to have there we go. Shall we move on, John? Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about CRMs. So what are each of you using for your customer relationship management? Lee, do you have a preferred tool? My brain. No, I'm joking. I use ActiveCampaign. Love it. ActiveCampaign all the way. 
Um, well, I use I say I use Active Campaign. I use two things. I use Active Campaign and I use my Gmail. I have a really nice structure of folders um, where I have things where I've moved to action or I've moved things to follow ups, etc. And I'll set myself uh, reminders, etc to be able to follow certain things up. Because I live in Gmail and I don't always have all sorts of tools open, then Gmail tends to be the place where I manage a lot of my communications about things. But the CRM functionality, so keeping uh, you know track of all of the contacts, et cetera, and all of that good stuff is all within the CRM portion of Active Campaign, where I also happen to build up my lists and send all of my campaigns, et cetera, as well. So uh, that would be my recommendation. Very good. Jackie, do you have a preferred CRM? No, I don't. I'm pretty much using email. Just <laughs> That's about it. I haven't um, gotten to a point where I needed to do that yet. I've got all of my contact information in my QuickBooks online and uh, between that and my email. And then if I need to do some scheduled management things, I can use Asana or something like that for that. Mm. Very good, very good. I'm actually in a similar position. I am just now like kind of looking around for a CRM um, because likely I pretty much live in Gmail. And so uh, I have each client kind of in a folder. It, they have their own folder. So all the communication is there, but it's getting to the point where a CRM would probably be better. So I am actively shopping for one right now. Sally, do you have a preferred CRM? I don't, uh, you know, I, I have my, my, email arranged uh, fairly thoroughly so I can see, you know, what's, what's pending for, for every client. And I don't, you know, generally have a lot of them at one time, but I'm sure I, you know, it's like, I, I know there would be benefits in having a CRM pro, uh, program and, you know, keeping in more regular touch with, you know, past clients mm. and checking in and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but it's on my, you know, it, it, it's, on, it, it's on that lengthy um, to do someday when you get your shit together list. Um, <laughs> and uh, so far, you know, that, that like, you know, documenting all of my processes so that I can, you know, hand more of them off to somebody else. Uh, it just, uh, I, I tend to be too busy in the day to day to, to stay on top of this. And I know that, you know, I'm paying a price for it. I think that's a good point, Sally made. And, and for me as well, I, the marketing efforts of your business, um, when we're busy working with clients on existing projects, it, you really, it, it takes effort to stay focused on that and yeah. to keep your pipeline full. And a CRM is the next logical step in helping you do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, just hearing John say the same thing, he's shopping and he's thinking, it's got me thinking about, you know, better organizing my contacts that I've got for prospective work coming forward and managing that a little better. So I, I think it's definitely something that a lot of people in our, in our situation are remiss on, on doing sooner. And I, I think um, I probably could have benefited from doing that sooner as well. Hmm. I, I know that uh, Curtis McHale, he was just on in episode 131. Uh, he highly recommends contactually. Um, and that, that is just something that's really good. Um, at least it sounds like, because that's my problem is, um, I need to like stay in contact with people like every so often and just like remind them like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, just to say, Hey, you know, just, you know, stay on their radar. You know, even if we, we don't need to do anything for them, right uh, oh, do you know, John? I, I, I yeah. used to use Active um, Campaign, but um, recently yeah. um, I've moved to Agile CRM, and I, right. I think it. And you know, I've been, 
I've been using it, haven't I, John? Uh, um, yes, you uh, have. Yeah, yes, you have. I'll be back to it. I've been pretty impressed, not only with the program, but with the support. They've got um, um, amazing support. And the free, they've got a free product, which is pretty amazing because it's not, it's very usable. Um, I know a lot of people also use Zoho, um, and it has their CRM um, product has recently been updated. It was a bit cranky, but it's been recently updated. But um, that's another one I know a lot of people use the Zoho CRM, but. Um, I would highly recommend Agile CRM. It um, just a quite an amazing. It's a really pretty website. Um, it's just the support you get, Lee. Um, mm. um, um, you can just um, they've got U- US support staff, which you can just book half hour to an hour, and they just cool. they just go through any problem. And William, if you're listening, William, my Agile support person. That I book regularly. You're amazing. You're amazing guy. I love you. Someone wants a discount. <laughs> yeah, he no, wants you don't discount. get any discounts. Ask a boss that. No. <laughs> Definitely. But, no, um, no, no, no. You're right. But I'll give him a plug. Moving on to moving on to the next category. How do you, how does everybody here uh, handle like you know the job tracking? Meaning like uh, you know who's doing what. How is stuff getting done? Project um, management software, John. That's what you there think. you go. Okay. Thank you. Go. Lee, what do you use for project management? This is my favorite subject. Seriously is. Um, I use two products. Number one is iTask3. Okay, so this is a project management tool for the Mac. I don't know if they've got a Windows version, and this allows me to create a really cool Gantt chart. So what I'll do with any proposal is I'll send through the entire track of what we would wish the project to do. And this means I will assign... I can well, Shut up, Dan. I don't know what you're doing over there. Oh, but this means... God, how can you mention that up. chart? It's horrible. Listen, though. Listen, this is the reason for this. Right. If you have problems with clients who say to you, why is the the website late okay using a gancha is the perfect way because oh, you can yeah, say right sure yeah sure. shut up shut up listen <laughs> at this point you say right mr client at this point you need to give us this information so with itask or with any project management software like that like microsoft if they're late and you therefore have to change the date by maybe two days that moves everything including the go live date and you can say to the client this is your fault that we are late and we can't make up the time because we've already told you about our holidays, about the resources that we have available. Therefore, using iTask, it helps us actually to keep projects on track. And you may laugh and scoff, buddy, but this is how we do it. And we get most of our projects on time. Or if they're late, the client knows that it was their fault, um, which is pretty cool. Or if we've screwed up, then the client is kind of nice and happy because we've been honest and we always build in our favorite word, Slack. So for every single milestone you have, you build in at least a couple of days of Slack. So that's iTask3. The second thing is you can't manage all of your actual tasks through a project management system. That is the high level. That is, there are groups of people that are responsible for achieving specific things by specific dates. So that's the good high level. So we then use FreedCamp. Instead of Basecamp, we moved to Freedcamp about about four months ago, and um, we pay for a bit of the space 
that we don't use, but I just believe in paying when you're using a product that's valuable. And with uh, with Freedcamp, we'll set up each product in there. We can then create multiple lists, and we'll have different teams working on different things, and everybody gets involved, including the client, and we can then assign people tasks, etc., on who's doing what. We can uh, There are subtasks as well, which is pretty awesome. And then it also gives us a daily report of who's doing what, who owns what, what's late, and I can then get on people's backs and say, hey, all right, come on, we've got a project meeting happening next week, so um, you know, how can I help you in this that seems to be running late. So my two recommendations are iTask3 um, and Freedcamp. All right, sorry, I got Very excited good. there, but this is mm-hmm. one of my favorite subjects. Oh, no, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I will, it, it's interesting that you bring up the Gantt charts uh, because in episode 141, our guest, Heather Steele, said that she uses something similar. I can't remember the name of the tool, but she said that they also use Gantt charts to automatically kind of track like uh, when, you know, projects are going to be due. And, you know, it's just a visual aid for the client to see. Uh, Jackie, what what do you use for project management? Um, Right now I'm trying out Asana uh, with a client project that I'm working on. I've got another client. I've been using Basecamp um, previously for that, but um, Erin Flynn mentioned Freedcamp to me when she was on my episode of Rethink. I think it was episode three. And I like Freedcamp. And I was Lee mentioning that. I was like, yeah, that's true. That uh, They just changed their pricing. And I think it was just very recently they made mm. some changes. And I wish I had signed up for the Google Drive um, module before that had happened. I think it, uh, I don't think it's going to be as favorable, but it's still very, it's still very good. It is Mm. still very good. It's a very inexpensive way. And with me, I use Google apps for work. So I have unlimited storage on my Google drive um, because I pay that extra $5 a month, I think it is. So, and if you can use that to attach to your Freedcamp account, well, then you basically have unlimited storage for all your client files and projects. So I like that idea a lot. Mm. Very good. That's Freedcamp. great. John, Jonathan, I know what you use. We've used it before. Yes, I, I use Teamwork. Um, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm messing with him. You, I'm mate. messing. Same to you, mate. Uh, um, but no, I was just having a revenge. Yeah, uh, um, but no, we use Teamwork and um, we use two of their products and I've uh, been really happy. Trying to get them on the show, but they've been, uh, been avoiding me. Wonder why, Lee. And, uh, um, <laughs> because when you change a date, they don't automatically update all of the other dates on the Gantt chart. And we put that in as they request the Teamworks and they still haven't done it. Well, was that with the, mm. they just brought out the new version a couple of weeks ago, haven't they? Oh, maybe they have. Maybe yeah, they have. They then I'll, I'll eat my ver- words. They brought out a new version, but I've been with them for a couple of years. It was Kim Dole that put me on to them, um, John. Um, I, I, was, oh. I was working with her and she said, um, I use this and, um, and I've been kind of... you. But i be truthful... Um, a lot of this is personal taste, you know. I've tried loads of them, and you end up with one that you've kind of, and then you invest a load of time with it, and then you're stuck with it. It's a bit like a wife, really, isn't it? Terrible! Say stuff like that, mate. Sorry, I'm going to get killed for that, aren't I, John? You will, Sally. All right, yeah, I'm finished. All right, God, sorry. Uh, yeah, I've I've used Basecamp more than anything, partly because <sighs> client. 
because clients use it. It's not mm. so much because I think it's mm. wonderful. It's because my clients are already using that uh, and they know how to use it. And, you know, the thing is that, like, no matter how amazing a system is, if you can't train your clients and your and your subcontractors to use it. Exactly. It's not you're not going to get very far with it. Um, I, I don't have a, a high level kind of project management uh, uh, tool with, you know, I've, I've never actually been sure what a Gantt chart was. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not coming out of any any kind genre. of environment in which uh, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, in which I'd be likely to uh, to use one, um, and uh, so yeah, it's it's mostly sort of uh, you know uh, Basecamp and and Slack, and I've sometimes used you know uh, Trello for kind of keeping track of of what's mm -hmm. where, but it 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 tends to depend on what the what the client is familiar with. Uh, yeah. yeah, true. Well, you, there are now okay. three versions of Basecamp as well, which gets confusing. Oh, there's Basecamp there? Classic, there's two, and there's three. <laughs> is that just a, is that just to totally confuse the user yeah. base completely? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. I think that, that is the biggest Sally, challenge. Right. That's yeah. the biggest challenge is getting clients comfortable with using it, and that's uh, that takes a little bit of time, and you need to be really familiar with the product that you are going to choose to use because you're going to get questions. Um, I've advised, I think Aaron, Aaron had mentioned to me, Aaron Flynn, you know, to go ahead and record a little uh, screencast to show your clients how you're going to be using um, the project management tool on your project, and I mm -hmm. think that's a very helpful thing to do, and I did that with Asana. Um, I just recorded a quick screencast for clients. It's like a five-minute um, little tutorial to just show them how to use it and trying to keep things simple. So yeah. it's, but it depends on the project. So if you've got, you know, a very complex project with a lot of lot of players in it, and you know, it's more than just you and a client, then you need to take that into consideration oh, as we, well. Um, we only, um, I think you're totally <laughs> right, Chuck. To be serious, we only. We only use it with the slightly larger clients because there's there's a time factor, and also we don't want them sending us too many jobs. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't buy email. Yeah, but the yeah. the big advantage is getting them off the email communication is probably I think the best for for managing the project effectively because it's difficult to go back through your emails and try to find bits and pieces of questions that were asked or requests that were made and try to get them into some type of organizational place that you can mark them as completed as you're doing them. So getting people right early on in the project used to having a to-do list for them and a to-do list for me makes that a lot easier and have their ability to post things there so that, uh, you know, you get to let them know. And if they get sidetracked and they start emailing, you can say, you know, you can, there's nice ways of saying, you know, I forwarded this over to the project management where it belongs and this is way we can monitor it and keep track of it. And then they'll get the idea that it is easier to do it that way than looking through emails. And I tell them that too. I said, this will save you time from digging through emails for me, trying to figure yeah. out what it was yeah. I've asked you to do and when was something completed or what was our conversation six weeks ago about this topic. And I think it'll make it easier for them. Hmm. Yep. So I've used like a whole different variety of uh, project management tools um, among them, I've used Basecamp, I've used Trello, um, I've used Teamwork. Uh, another one that's more for agile uh, type of methodologies and sprints and stuff like that, Yodis. Not a huge fan. Um, the, the ones I like the best 
uh, are probably teamwork, uh, Trello, and uh, a tool that nobody else has mentioned called Wonderlist, uh, which is kind of cool. It's just a really simple like to-do list type of thing. You can add like little notes and and then uh, just mark stuff off when it's done. One question that I want to ask everyone just really quick is when you have a project management tool and you're trying to get people out of emailing or sending you like uh, text messages or you know, uh, hitting you up on your Facebook page, do you hardline them with saying, um, if it's not in the project management tool, it doesn't exist and I'm going to ignore it? Or, you know, do you take a hard stance with that or not? not. Start with Lee. Okay. Uh, well, what I, what I tend to say is thank you very much for your message. What I'm going to do is I am going to put this in the project management system for you, but please know I do not access email all the time. I'll often be out at meetings. Maybe I won't access emails for up to two days, whereas if it goes on the project management system, my whole team will be able to see it. So that really encourages people just to go over to the project management system because they know that I may not be checking emails for up to two days, uh, sometimes longer because you know I might be on the road for two days doing consultancy. So uh, that, that's a very easy way to just get people to go over there and base everything on there. Smart. Oh, and also respond really, respond really quickly as well on the project management system versus your email. That really helps. <laughs> teach them, teach them, teach them. Definitely, Jackie, do you, do you take a hard stance with that? or I'm doing exactly what Lee, and I just mentioned that. I mean, you gently say, hey, I'm going to move this over to here and uh, – and I do mention, you know, I may not see it in the email. It may get lost in translation in there. And I may, or you may have a request that is part of an email about a different topic that we're talking about. And I've seen that happen where, you know, you've got a general topic you're talking about. And then right in the middle there, they want to make some addition or change to uh, a task. And that gets lost. And I might forget to go back and grab that out of there mm. and put that in there. Yeah. So I just, and I have an intro packet that I give clients when we first, uh, get started. And then I have a welcome packet too, that when we first start the project, and I'm really clear about highlighting that in there as well, that our communication is going to be in the project management tool that we're going to use. And here's why this will, you know, this will make it easier for you to find the things that you need to know about your project. And I think most people don't enjoy digging through emails and trying to find and keep track of things. I, I don't. So I'm assuming my clients are not going to enjoy that aspect of it either. So I think if you can make the case that it's going to be really beneficial for both of us to do that, and it'll actually streamline things. Um, it may take a few times, you know, you might get where they miss a couple or they just quickly send the email, but I'm, I do a nice reply back and say, Hey, I've put this over. I saw this. I moved this over here. This is where, this is where it belongs. This is where to go. Please, you know, if you've got any more in the future, please go ahead and just jump over there and post mm. them in there. So I think that's usually enough to, um, get things back on track. Jonathan. Well, it, it really depends. You know, the last enterprise client we were working together, John, he was fine with teamwork, wasn't he? Yeah, he needed a bit. Totally fun. Um, but you know, some client, I have other clients, smaller clients. It's just not appropriate. You know what? I, you know, I think you got to be realistic and make some assessment of their technical ability and then we have a wide i've got some really small clients and i've got some enterprise level um the enterprise you've got to frame it in the way lee said because they're paying you a really 
you know some nice money but um and then i do a zoom session i'm quite happy to have a zoom session and show them how to you know you just can't throw somebody into a a project man you've got to, like what lee said you've got to explain why it's going to be beneficial to them and then offer some coaching but other people i just don't bother because i know that they just will not use it and they they just have a form on the website to fill in or they email me or emails um that goes to multiple people um you just gotta make some form of assessment haven't you john i think that's an excellent point that's something that I encounter a lot of times too is when you have like a larger client, like a corporation or a, you know, a startup or an enterprise level client, they're going to expect it to be in a project management tool and they're not, they're going to expect it to not go back and forth over email. But when you're dealing with a single business owner, a lot of times they're, they're going to be pissed off at you if you try and force them into a project management tool and I think you have to assess how much time that client has, because at least in my experience, when I'm dealing with single business owners, a lot of time they don't, they don't leave themselves any margin in their day. And so if they send you an email or send you a text, like one or two people do, um, that's just easiest for them. And I, I think if you make it hard for them, it becomes it becomes ad, yeah, I don't want to say it adversarial, but it just it becomes an annoyance. So I think you got to judge it, uh, Sally. Like, how do you you know deal with your clients when it comes to project management tools? Well, you know, one of the advantages to Basecamp is that for the people who are just like wedded to their email, they can get the updates in their email and they can reply in their email. So uh, it, you know, it it it, it it's helpful that way and yeah i mean i don't try to force clients into doing things and you know if if there's a way that they really prefer to 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 communicate uh, you smoke know signals? Uh, i yeah smokes i haven't I, had yeah. to do smoke signals but uh, you know there are clients who will send me text messages even though i'm not a particularly text person you know i'm the last remaining owner of a dumb phone on the planet i had one, one client who would only ever communicate with me by texting <laughs> It was most bizarre. I should have known. It was a few years ago, and I knew it was not going to end up well. Right, and so it's, I mean, you have to kind of evaluate. Like, is the is the client worth taking the, the yeah, she would, ex, and, and extra I, trouble for? And I found out she was an alcoholic. She was consuming more wine than Lee was, and uh, um, oh man, she, oh. she was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she was. She would only email me at like twelve o'clock at night. She was. A, she was a CEO of a, of a quite a large corporation, and she would only communicate. And then I, I found out from the um the the uh, from one of her minions the reason for this. It all cleared up when I found out what was going on. But she was drunk dialing you. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was drunk oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I would get these insane text bursts, you know. Right. Uh, but, the you know, the other thing is one of the reasons that uh, email is not very effective is because people don't know how to use their email for, for reasonable business communication. You know, if they sent you, like, a separate email for every separate topic and had a good subject line for it, mm. it wouldn't be as, as difficult to find the things that – But but very few people are ever going to do that. And uh, – but but, you know – 
I will see in like Basecamp a, a thread about one thing sort of morphs into a thread about another thing, and I try to oh. like say, okay, no, let's put this in a topic here, or let's start make let's make a to do list based on the stuff that we've discussed here, so that it's it's clear, you know, what needs to be done and and who needs to hmm. uh, to do it. It's a, you know, there, there's kind of a constant uh, you know cat herding effort uh, involved here. Definitely, Probably point. so definitely let's go to the next uh category really quick like what does everybody use for time tracking lee do you guys track your time and if so what do you use i, I thought you said time traveling for a second because that you know that would the, be cool too what do you use for time travel lee? <laughs> Cl- clients do kind of tend to expect this i use nothing for time tracking i go like this <laughs> like that really fast and code and, and then get it delivered on time <laughs> no we actually don't do time tracking i've tried to do time tracking to like see how long things take me but i i've yet to be educated as to the value of that and of as to how that will help me so until somebody can help me with that because i like um you know the uneducated uh, thought that gantt charts were terrible um until i was educated as to <laughs> do you see that <laughs> until until someone showed me the light so i think i need to be trained as to what the benefit of time tracking i'm but i'm joking buddy um you know what the benefit yeah, of time tracking you, you would be you've got a client that's paying you <laughs> thousands of dollars are you tell them See how far that goes down. I'll believe in me. Yeah. Oh, so, so I'm sorry. I've got no recommendation yeah. anyway. And I do love you, really, Jonathan. Yeah, I love you as well. Really. Keep, uh, keep sloshing that wine. Jack, bring it, bring it. Um, yeah, I'm trying out Toggle right now. And I'm, I'm using it just for, a, for some specific use cases for hmm. support-related issues for clients that I have on support agreements. And I'm monitoring how long some tasks take to do just so that I can... Right. Yes. help with my own internal processes. And I do like the app because it, mm. number one, keeps reminding me, well, what are you doing right now? And, you know, you can assign it a client, you can assign it the task you're doing. And it'll even notice if you're not using your computer for a while, it'll go, hey, I've noticed <laughs> you haven't touched your keyboard in 23 minutes. Do you want me to discard that time from the thing we're working on? And you can say yes or no. So I mean, oh, it's like, cool. that's really nice if I get up and I walk away and I come back and I've forgotten about like tear- turning that part off. And I could say, oh, yeah, just disregard all of that time and let's resume and, you know, keep on going. So mm-hmm. that's been helpful. It's also been helpful if I've got... Um, some support that goes over the allotment for that month for a client. And I do want to do some incremental billing for some tasks that they've given me to do. So that's what I would do. As far as using, I like to track my own development time and things like that. I agree with Lee. I just, I, I don't really see the value in, Mm. for me anyway, in, in dissecting all of that. I, it's, I don't think it's very helpful for me at, at this point. I'd never thought of it for support, though, and that's a real valid point, so I'm going to check out Toggle. Thanks for that. Yeah, we use Teamwork, cool, cool. which Lee doesn't like. It's very easy to use. I mean, <laughs> it's real simple. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Toggle, it sounds like a disease. Sounds like a freaking disease, doesn't it? All right, right. In the next episode, me and Jonathan are going to have a rap battle. You, you uh, can't uh, have it uh, on your show. Battle, I challenge yeah. you. I challenge <laughs> you to have it on your show. Like. Or a dance-off, something like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for your last break Jonathan. here, John. Coming up soon, right? 
I think I think, uh, well, I think we're going beyond. If you say so, let's. I think we're going beyond. Well, okay, that, John. I think let, we're let... going to wrap up and go on to bonus <laughs> content, haven't we, John? Well, well Sally has. Oh wait, Sally. Oh, no, Sally. got Sally yet? Right. Yeah. Oh, she's got a timer. It's a timer. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, from like back I in like the day b- before I, I was love doing it. D- development work and and you know when almost everything like was it. hourly and uh and it, you know it t- it tracks both up and down and so you know it's sort of like okay if you want to make if I want to make sure that I stop by X time because I need to do something else or um but you know the the reason for tracking time and I'm not always good about doing this. If I've built at a project rate, I, I'm not necessarily tracking the, the time it takes me. But, you know, one of the things that I've learned from this big job that I'm, I'm still finishing is uh, that I, I'm pretty sure I've been drastically undercharging for a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Because uh, when I'm actually, because these people agreed to pay me hourly and, and I have made so much freaking money as a result of it. All right, they, high five. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't want to take. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Time for like you know extended discovery and putting together a proposal and blah 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 blah. blah. And you know, as a result, it's just you know I'm I'm tracking all the the time that I spend working for them. And yeah, there were you know hours and hours and hours of of um, content audits. Uh, you know, of uh, a, a bunch of hours involved in the uh, export-import process from their old HTML site. Um, I, you know, a bunch. It just, it really, uh, you know, and I am one of those people where stuff almost always takes me longer than I think it will. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, okay, so the value of tracking my time is to make sure that I'm not ending up making $2 an hour for the work that I'm doing. Uh it, it, that uh, you know, sort of like okay. I, wish I, I was it, that it, well paid, Sandy. Uh, well, it, you know, I mean, I'm 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 not usually. I'm I'm sure I would have uh, nowhere near uh, estimated accurately uh, what was going to be involved in. I'm this. not making the gobs of money Lee Jackson's making, you know. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I think if if you you know if you tend to do jobs that are pretty similar, a lot of times you have a pretty good sense of. But you know, it's like Jackie. I get bored if I'm not doing something new in every job. So there's almost always going to be an 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 unknown. Uh, element to it so it's like yeah the, the the more aware i am of how long it really takes me to do things uh and you know you can't you you can't always predict even if it's if it's something that you know the last six times i did this it took me two hours yeah. but this time there was some kind of an issue and it took me you know eight uh, that's gonna sometimes happen so, and- sally i want to ask you a quick question i just based on what you were just saying so do you think if you would have done the discovery and had given them the actual price that they did end up paying you for the project for hourly uh, would there have been a shock factor in the beginning that might have been an issue, or do you think that? I, I mean, do you think pretty, going hourly is just sure worked that out well? They weren't actually expecting to be paying fifty or sixty thousand dollars for their website, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Can you send them on? I know a good support company. Lee woke up and he mentioned that. He got a A chunk of that money went to subcontractors. It didn't, it didn't all go into to my Child labor. That's, that's what you need, Sandy. But, uh, 
interns. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I don't think they were highly skilled that. interns, Sally. That's what uh, you mean. Sorry, but uh, but highly skilled and intern are mutually exclusive. Uh, uh, <laughs> those cats to code. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> That's okay. Get those cats on those keyboards right now. Right. <laughs> so it's uh, you know it it's really kind of opened my eyes to uh, what a realistic amount to charge for a project like this, and it was really a huge project. It was, it was a much more complex project than I'd worked on before. I mean, these people had like you know seven hundred and God knows what blog posts and and just a a, a, a bunch of stuff that was in a. Uh, in a real snarl and, a, and and like they dumped everything in their blog that really needed to be a, a whole bunch of different content types. And so there was, yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of stuff that I don't think they thought about initially because they weren't aware of the, of the situation. And uh, you know, it doesn't mean, I don't think it means that you can't make a, you know, a, a fair amount of money charging on a pro project basis uh but that i think it is really helpful even if it's sort of like okay for like this project and this project or a couple of months we're going to track our actual time relative to what we estimated and see how accurate are our estimates maybe our estimates are really good maybe they're not and we need to to you know as you say add more slack into that uh, in, I, th I think you proposal. may have opened my eyes a bit. I think I might want to just have a go at, try, you know, doing a, a few of the things we do regularly, time it and see, you know, how accurate some of my charges are. Because I know I've done things where I've said, oh, that'll take me a couple of hours. And it's probably taken me a lot longer than that. But I'm having too much fun, obviously, doing whatever it is I've just charged two hours for because it's WordPress. Hey, um, but probably I do need to start tracking some of the time and being a bit more realistic. So uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I think, no, I think seriously, you know, I agree with both point of views. I think timing everything is a bit of a waste of time. But there are, um, on the other hand, timing things on a is useful because you probably are undercharging and underestimating the amount of time it's taking. Yep. So I'm I, I will say, I'm not trying to cut you off. Sorry. No. Please do, John. I need it, don't I? <laughs> no, I mean, this year, like, I, I've kind of, you know, the only things that I really track time for are, like, uh, things like the maintenance hours or very small, like, adjustments. Those things I will track. And, um, you know, I'll use something like Toggle. Toggle is good. I definitely recommend that. But for, you know, the projects, I will do, I, I've been doing, like, value-based pricing. So the exact same site. Um, it will have like different charges depending on who it's for. And uh, because I, I do think that like doing hourly is, is focusing on the wrong thing, which is the assumption that your time is always worth the same amount to no matter who the client is, which I don't believe that that is true. Um, and it, it, I do believe that it focuses on the wrong thing, which is like the amount of time that it takes you to complete the task. I do think that there are cases like in Sally's case with that site, if you don't know, you know, like how deep the rabbit hole goes, then it's probably better to charge hourly because that rabbit yeah. hole might go on forever. And you, you, you have no way of knowing a death March, John, a death March. 
Yeah, death march, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's that's what I do. I I, I try and uh, you know do value based project you know price for each thing like you know and find out like how much this is actually going to benefit them and and some sites are less and some sites are a lot more yes lee Lee understands this sorts the men from the boys folks you you, you take on this project and you realize the ceos are total nutter and you quote you done the quoted and they just come with a they just wanted a a membership site and they wanted it turned into e-commerce site and you're on this death march and where's the facebook feature yeah with the facebook feature you still eat it it and you made a loss you know you still keep your word don't you lee that's why contract killer where you mention anything that's not specifically listed here is not included is a great thing to fall back on you learn on on that one quick yes you have you, you do have to practice a lot saying oh yes we can do that and it will cost you extra and it will postpone our time to launch yes I, I do have a yeah. – Sally, I've got a burning question. Whereabouts in the USA are you from or are you based? You don't have to give a specific location, but like oh, generally. I, 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 born in Chicago, raised in Cleveland, uh, traveled a good bit, uh, including spending four years in Lemington Spa, which is why there's a poster there behind Right, me. okay, because uh, I was going to say, because I would be taking advantage of that deal right now because right now I am 52 miles away from Lemington Spa, and it's going to cost me 35 pounds to get there. Wow. Uh, I think you've got a good oh, deal was, going on there. Uh, that was a good deal that going on <laughs> Virgin. Yeah, they're great, <laughs> aren't they? I was going to say, if, if you could take a train from, from where you are in the US for 18 pounds, I'd take advantage <laughs> of that offer right now. <laughs> well, that was, that was actually the, the fare from London. Uh, okay. At the, at the time, and I, I, I had a, still cheap. <laughs> good old right, days had, of British Rail, you know, where you could actually use the Phoenix. Oh, it, it was the post-British Rail days. It was mm. things had, had privatized, but it's still that's like twenty years ago. I love um, the poster. Love it. But yeah, I mean, I really liked the poster. I was living in Leamington. I was I was about to come back to the to the U.S. and I had asked if you know if come I could on, buy get one. Come on to the second bottle, will you? And they and they said no. But when I they took my address and, and when they when they replaced the posters with the new one, they sent me one. That's so cool. I think we should round this up, John, but, um, and go on to the bonus content and um, yeah. and get even more splice during the show, can he? No, definitely. Yeah, that's that's uh, I would, good. If I was here, I would, I would just to get through this. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so definitely. So I want to remind everyone, if you are getting value from this show, what you can do is go to iTunes, leave us a detailed review. I want to thank a big shout out to uh, Damon. Uh, he just left a, us a review. Did, I did check it out. Thanks for doing that. Um, did he so, say nice things about me, John? Yes, he did. Oh, well, but anyway, no one says nice uh, things about you, Jonathan. No, they don't oh. really. Do yeah, they? I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, those you know the reviews on iTunes it helps surface us in uh, iTunes. It's kind of you know it just pushes us up a little bit. Definitely, we want to reach uh, you know more people and and share this WP tonic goodness with as many people as we can, uh, so they can get their dose. Uh, so we appreciate that. And like I said, we're viewership our listenership is going up totally appreciate it uh with that uh just want to remind everybody coming up in our next episode which is going to be recorded this wednesday we're going to have justin busa of beaver builder and he said that he's going to bring uh robbie as well from beaver builder so we're looking forward to that one in episode 147 
so with that, let the panel uh, tell us where they can find him. Lee, how do we find you? Head on over to LeeJacksonDev.com. Everything's there. There you go. Jackie, how do we get a hold of you? JackieDelia.com, or you can also find me on Twitter at JDelia. Sweet. Jonathan, how do we get a hold of you? Oh, I just want to first say um, Lee's been a fantastic sport. He's handled my <laughs> sparring like a trooper. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, dear. But he's been great coming on the show, Lee. We really appreciate it. Um, also, I'd like to um, say that I've been working with one of our partners, WP Hosting Spot, on a couple of sites lately, and I've just been amazed at the quality of support and technical knowledge of WP hosting spots team they've just been amazing and I, I was saying that to to John wasn't I before the show wasn't I John how amazing they were yes definitely and you can ch- and check that out in episode 114 Costantinos uh, our there. man at wow. WP hosting spot they really, um, they really so, are. so if you want to get hold of me folks it's either that it's email at wp uh, jonathan at wp-tonic.com or it's the twitter feed they're the best ways of getting hold of me folks awesome sally how do we get a hold of you uh you can find me at wpfangirl.com i am <clears throat> at sally getch on twitter and you can find me anywhere if you can spell my name i'm unique in google Awesome. And you can find me at LockdownDesign.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Lockdown underscore. For the WP Tonic, this is John and the rest of everybody else, Jonathan, my beloved co-host, and the rest of our esteemed panel, signing off and saying adios. Yeah, Peace re- out. But remember, this bonus, but remember, folks, there's bonus content after this on the website. You must mention that, John. Oh, bonus. bonus, bonus yes, bonus, you're right. Bonus, bonus, bonus. Content. See you later. Bonus content. <laughs> See you later, (laughs) folks, on WP Tonic. Bye. Bye.